Welcome to The Reality Revolution. I'm your host, Brian Scott. I'm just such a big fan of Joseph Murphy, and it's wonderful to get a chance to read some more of his lectures. This one is The World We See is the World We Are, in which he addresses how to pray. We are the temples of the living God. How not to compare yourself with others. How you can change your mind. The law of life, the four cardinal points, and a variety of other really interesting teachings. The world we see is the world we are. Gibran, the mystic poet, points out, Your children come through you, but not by you. And call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father, which is in heaven. Matthew 23, 9. Your concept or estimate of yourself determines the circle of friends you have, your social and professional status, your financial state, and all phases of your life. You can constantly enlarge that circle by getting a greater concept of yourself and by extending your horizons. The diameter determines the circumference of a circle. Your diameter is your real estimate of yourself. Remember who you are. Realize that you are a son or daughter of the infinite. Every day of your life, exalt God in the midst of you. Appraise yourself from a spiritual standpoint and realize that all the powers and wonders of God are within you, waiting for you to call on the infinite, which always responds. Job said, I put on righteousness and it clothed me. My judgment was a robe and a diadem. Job 29, 14. Righteousness is to think right, feel right, act right, and do right according to the golden rule and the law of love. In other words, think, speak, and act from the divine center, and not from the superimposed structure of fear, ignorance, and superstition. The judgment is your own conclusion in your mind. You're always judging in your mind separated falsity from truth. Your judgment from now on is that you will see where discord is, love where hatred is, joy where sadness is, light where darkness is, and life where so-called death is. You will see wholeness and vitality, where sickness is and God's riches, where poverty is. The answer to all weakness, shyness, inferiority, and the sense of inadequacy is to follow the injunction of Paul. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee. 2 Timothy 1.6 We all see a different world. How much are you worth mentally, spiritually, and in your knowledge of the laws of mind? All of us are living in different worlds based on our early training, indoctrination, beliefs, opinions, theological conditioning. All of us look out through the contents of our own mentality and we each see a different world. The world we see is the world we are. Each one of us has his own private world of thoughts, opinions, beliefs, and imagery. The radio engineer tells us that he can send program after program on one beam, and they do not collide with each other, because they are sent on different frequencies. It is my understanding that many transatlantic messages over the coaxial cables of the telephone company can be sent at the same time at different frequencies, 
There may be five members of your family, yet each one is living in his or her own private world, a wheel within a wheel. One scientist said there were about an octillion number of electrons in your body. Our body is composed of electrons, protons, atoms, molecules, but each atom or molecule is a world in itself. The difference. The difference between one metal and another is based on the number and rate of motion of electrons revolving around a nucleus. Look at a bar of silver or gold. When examined under the eyes and ears of scientific instruments, they are not solid at all, but are composed of billions of little worlds within the bar of silver, gold, or steel. Don't compare yourself with others. God never repeats himself. You are unique, and there is no one in all the world like you. Many men and women who were timid, shy, and retiring have visited me for counseling, and I have always pointed out to them the vast potentials within them, waiting only to be called upon, resurrected, and utilized. I explained to them when fear came to mind, it meant they were supposed to call on the divine reserves within them, thereby enabling them to overcome fear. As they practice calling on the God presence for guidance, strength, and wisdom, they rise from that sense of inadequacy and keep going when others give up. One man who had been born in poverty told me that the reason he had reached the presidency of his company was due to his tremendous drive to overcome poverty and achieve his true place in life. His lack urged him on and acted as a powerful incentive to his ascent up the ladder of life. Many women with an inferiority complex have told me that it was this sense of insecurity, inadequacy, and inferiority which acted as their main driving force to excel, advance, and go up the ladder of life. A formula which I have suggested to many women is as follows. Stand before a mirror every morning for five or ten minutes and affirm out loud, I am a daughter of the infinite. I am a child of eternity. My father is God and God loves me. As they keep using this prayer regularly every morning, it gradually sinks down by a process of mental and spiritual osmosis into their subconscious mind. This new concept of themselves being impregnated in their deeper mind comes forth and their whole life is transformed. The law is, what is impressed in the subconscious is expressed. When you pray, go back to the Father of all. You come from a noble lineage when you contemplate your Father or God or this invisible presence and power which created all things, visible and invisible. Heaven means the infinite intelligence in which you live, move, and have your being. When you pray, go back to the source of all life and claim guidance. Wisdom, abundance, and inspiration from the pristine presence within, the Father of all. We are the temples of the living God. It is true, of course, that we inherit through the genes the color of our eyes, hair, skin, and many other characteristics. We are told that we also inherit the inclination to acquire certain diseases and that stupidity and a high intelligence quotient are passed on to us by our parents. It is time that we ask ourselves, however, what we have inherited from the infinite presence and power of God within us. Actually, we are temples of the living God, and we are here to reveal all the powers, attributes, and qualities of God inherent within us. Think of it this way. 
You were a boy who had a father who was a boy who had a father. Keep on going back. Where does it lead you? Back to the primordial cell, the divine source, the father of all. All religions say our father, all of us have a common progenitor, the life principle. The genes of Abraham, Moses, Jesus, Elijah, Muhammad, etc. are all within us. So are the genes of Genghis Khan, Socrates, Plato, and Aristotle. If you are a Native American, ponder over all the ancestors you've had since the pilgrims landed. A mathematician could figure it out for you quickly. Robbie Wright, a young physicist whose lineage goes back to the early 16th century, figured he had 17,000 ancestors since 1600. As children, all of us were impressionable, malleable, and subject to the beliefs, thoughts, and conditioning of our parents. We did not possess the spiritual understanding or reasoning to reject all the negative thoughts and fears given to us. As an adult, you are responsible for the way you think, feel, believe, and act. You are the only thinker in your world. You and you alone are completely responsible for the way in which you act and react. You are what you think all day long. As you think and feel, so are you, and so do you become. Conditions are not the cause of your good fortune or misfortune. Refuse to give power to conditions, circumstances, events, or to the genetic records of parents, grandparents, or all the ancestors who preceded you. Men, women, and conditions are not the cause of your good fortune or misfortune. The supreme cause, the only cause and power, is spirit. You are not bound by karma or the past. God indwells you. Rejoice and be glad and grow tall in wisdom, truth, and beauty. Whatever you were taught by the theologians, Parents, uncles, aunts, or teachers can be unlearned. The beliefs and traditional concepts you acquired when young, or the mere fact you imitated the superstitious acts of your grandfather when you were eight years old, can all be changed and rectified now, this very moment. Fill your mind with the truths of God, and you will then crowd out of your mind everything unlike God. Lincoln failed many times in his political career, but he kept on persisting having faith and confidence in a supreme power to lead him and guide him. He did not look at his so-called handicaps. He walked 40 miles to hear a lecture. His parents were illiterate and extremely poor, but he had vision, and through the power of God he fulfilled it. Beethoven was deaf, but he heard the music of the spheres with an inner ear. Leonardo da Vinci came from an impoverished background and was the son of a country girl and a local philanderer. Edison was kicked out of school because the teacher said he was too backward, but he decided nevertheless to light up the world. Einstein was rejected by several schools because he was considered not bright enough to be admitted, but he nevertheless went forth and touched the heights in mathematics and physics and revealed a world of divine law and order. Newton was the son of a very poor farmer who died before he was born. Newton turned to the source of all wisdom and he gave us the law of action and reaction, lighting up the minds of men with his astronomical deductions and discoveries. Realize that genius springs from the poorest of families. Milton, though blind, gave us paradise lost. Divine imagination was Milton's spiritual eye, which enabled him to go about God's business, whereby he annihilated time, space, and matter, and brought forth the truths of the invisible. 
presence within all of us. Remember how Chico, the Parisian sewer cleaner, imagined and lived in a paradisical state of mind called the seventh heaven, even though he never saw the light of day. Being born in a palace or being a king's son or a scion of a noble family does not necessarily mean we will have another Milton, Shakespeare, Phidias, or Beethoven. Men accomplish great things when they become conscious of divine lineage and in quiet moments of meditation and divine imagery become aware of the fact that the invisible things of him from the foundation of time are clearly visible. Physicians know that the cells composing your eyes are different than bone cells and the cells of your heart are entirely different than the cells of your intestinal tract. Each cell functions according to its nature, however, and is a world within itself. For example, the cells in your bronchi cannot do the work of your liver, your heart, or your digestive system. You have another body. Your body is a complex compound of atoms and molecules. Actually, and more basically, it is composed of waves of light. Furthermore, you have another body within the one you now have. It is called a subtle body, a fourth dimensional body or astral body, which means that you can leave your present body and appear in any part of the world. You will have bodies to infinity, and you will never be without a body, for a body is necessary for the expression of spirit. Each one of us is projecting outwardly on to other people, circumstances, and events, the world of his beliefs, feelings, and emotional conditioning. Two women may look at the drunkard in the gutter. That does not mean that the women are drunkards. It means the way they feel inside colors what they see on the outside. One woman has compassion for him and realizes the presence of God within him and calls it forth. The other woman says they should experiment with new drugs on him rather than on guinea pigs. She denounces him bitterly. Both see the same man, but they react differently. We likewise project onto others our emotions, temperament, and inner conditioning. You too can rise. While conversing with a man in a hotel at Amman, capital of Jordan, he told me that he had never known his parents, had been born in the slums, and now was a diplomat attached to a foreign embassy. He was on vacation visiting some of the historic sites of his homeland. While talking, he brought up a great truth, which was that no matter what the origin of your birth, you can rise, transcend, and grow if you know how to contact the divine presence within. Each knows all and sees all. He said that many scientists and fiction writers claim that our genes determine our destiny, and all they have to do in the future is change the genetic code. Then we can bring forth the type of men and women we want in the world. Just about the same as we breed cattle or pedigreed horses. He added laughingly that some point out that if a woman wants a child like Einstein, Lincoln, Paderewski, Carver, or some other great statesman or scholar, all she would have to do, provided there was a frozen spermatic fluid bank of the particular man she wanted, would be to have artificial insemination. Then she could give birth to the type of man she admired. Others say that all we have to do is get some cells from a distinguished man and then place them in a culture media, and we would duplicate as many of that type of man we would wish. There's a much folderall and balderdash plus fiction in all of this. The Christ in you. The guide at Corinth expounded quite extensively on the fact that we were standing on the same spot where Paul stood 
as he expatiated and descanted on his epistles to the Corinthians. Then he added that Paul knew that Jesus was man's savior. This is not correct. However, as you will perceive in perusing this chapter, Paul said Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 1.27 And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain. 1 Corinthians 15.14 Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Ephesians 5.14 What does the Bible mean by such language? The literal interpretation of the Bible has done much towards driving thinking people into unbelief. We must understand that the scriptures of the world abound in symbolisms. Many phrases and chapters of the Bible reveal the impossibility of being rendered literally, and if any part is admitted to be figurative, allegorical, and mystical, so many other parts may be. The men who wrote the Bible, most of whom are nameless, said to themselves, We know what we wish to convey, but how can we explain it to the people? Therefore, they decided to speak of problems, difficulties, war, strife, sickness, etc., and then explained how to overcome the problems of which they spoke. This is not a sanctimonious state, singing of hymns, going to church, following the rules and tenets of some religious organization, etc. It means the practice of the presence of God within you. It means to express light, love, truth, and beauty now and to be happy and living in the joyous expectancy of the best. When you are exuding vibrancy and your family and social relationships are good, that is also the glory, the glow, and the ray of God. Christ means the presence of God within you. The word Christ, as you know, is not a proper name. It refers to a title. It is a Greek word meaning anointed or consecrated. It corresponds to the Hebrew word Messiah, and the word Buddha, the Christ in you, means the divine presence in you, the spiritual truth about you. Jesus is the name of a man. The words Jesus and Joshua are synonymous. The latter means God is the solution. God is the salvation or the solution to all your problems. To see Christ in the other means to see, perceive spirituality, peace, where there is discord, love, where there is hatred, joy, where there is sadness and wholeness, beauty and perfection, where there is sickness. This mental and spiritual exercise is oftentimes referred to as the practice of the presence of God. The four cardinal points. The orientation of the Great Pyramid relates to the four cardinal points of the compass, which symbolize the four parts of man, spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical. The four cardinal points also refer to the four letters in the name Yehovah, Yod, He, Vau, He. Yod is consciousness. Spirit, I am. He is the idea, the thought image in your mind. Vau represents feeling, love, and emotion. The final He is the manifestation of that which you imagined and felt to be true. This is the way all things are made. There's nothing made that is not made this way. The law of life. A rancher who accompanied us asked me, Why are the first fruits given to the Lord? He quoted this passage, Thou shalt take of the first of all the fruits of the earth, which thou shalt bring of thy land, that the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shalt put it in a basket. Deuteronomy 26.2 There is a custom 
among many people in the Middle East and other places to let the first fruits die as they belong to God. The firstborn, according to the traditions of Israel, gets the property or estate. There is the law of primogenesis in some countries where it is seniority by birth in a family having the same father and mother. In English law, it is the exclusive right of inheritance belonging to a firstborn son. The law of life is a reversal of all this. To reject the first fruits and eat only those that follow is all due to misunderstanding. The explanation is simple. All it means is this, that which you now are and that which you long to be. You must die to the old state and live to the new. In other words, you exalt and nourish the ideal in your mind, knowing that an almighty power is moving on your behalf. As you remain faithful to your ideal, it will gel within you, and the old state dies and the new manifestation appears. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. John 12.32 This means that when through prayer and meditation you lift your ideal up to the point of acceptance, the manifestation will appear. In other words, you will experience the joy of the answered prayer. His mind held him in bondage. A sister of mine who taught school for many years prior to her entry into the convent in England told me that she once had a very bright boy in her class. Actually, he excelled all the others, and she recommended him to the local priest, who agreed to send him to the seminary. Tuition would be free. However, he refused. His reason was, I am only a minor son. His father had the same attitude. This attitude of mind held him and other boys like him in bondage. There is an interesting sequel to this. A member of the local gentry wanted to adopt a boy. My sister recommended a child in an orphanage nearby, whose parents were dead. This man and his wife adopted the boy at once. Completely indifferent to the fact that for several generations his progenitors had been minors. This boy received private education by a governess and later on was sent to college in England. He grew up according to the standards of the day and associated only with wealthy boys and girls. He followed the custom and traditions and the caste system which prevailed in his upbringing and environmental training. On one of his visits home, he called on my sister to invite her to his birthday party and mentioned that he could not invite the student who was going to drive her to the party because he was a minor son. You can see the whole picture. An orphan boy, a minor son, conditioned, educated, and trained to have a high estimate of himself, who because of his training thought another minor son inferior. The other boy mentioned previously who was so brilliant lacked the heart to try because he was taught to think he was of a lower class and considered himself inferior. His mental attitude held him back. Not his genes, chromosomes, or the fact he was a minor son. You can change your mind. It is foolish to look to your parents, grandparents, or ancestors as the source of your powers, qualities, tendencies, aptitudes, and characteristics. You thereby limit your potential. Realize that you came from God. God indwells you and is your heavenly Father. All His wisdom, power, and glory are at your disposal, waiting for you to call on His inexhaustible reservoir of strength and intelligence. You are not a mere confluence of atoms, molecules, genes, and inherited tendencies. 
Instead, you are a son of the living God and heir to all of God's riches, spiritual, mental, and material. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans 12.2 This is the key to a new life. Your mind is a recording machine, and all the theological beliefs, impressions, opinions, and ideas accepted by you and given to you in your childhood are impressed in your subconscious mind. But you can change your mind. You can begin to fill your mind now with God-like patterns of thoughts and align yourself with the infinite spirit within you, claiming beauty, love, peace, joy, wisdom, power, and creative ideas. The spirit in you will respond, transforming your mind, body, and circumstances. Your thought is the medium between spirit and your body and the material world. Some of the greatest minds came out of the slums. Great men and women will not come forth in this country because their ancestors came over on the Mayflower or because of their heredity. By those who think you can bring forth a better race of people somewhat similar to the way you breed horses. You can't omit spirit or God. Some of the greatest minds came out of the slums. George Carver looked to the spirit within him for guidance and inspiration, and he rose to the heights and blessed his people and his country through his discoveries, inventions, and formulas as a great chemist. He ceased to think of himself as a slave or a serf or as inferior to anyone. His constant prayer was, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Proverbs 3.6 And God answered him, blessed him, and prospered him. Ask yourself frequently, What did I inherit from the infinite? And the answer is, All of God indwells me, and I must acknowledge this power and awaken this presence within me and bring forth wonders, for his name is wonderful. All you have to do is ask. The Bible says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Matthew 7, 7-1 through 1. These verses from the book of Matthew represent some of the greatest truths of the Bible and set forth a wonderful formula for prayer. You are clearly told to ask and you shall receive. To ask in Bible language is to claim your good, and then the spirit within will honor and validate your claim. In these passages you are told God is your heavenly Father, and you are to expect from Him all the blessings of heaven. Look upon God as a loving Father, a kindly Father, who watches over you, cares for you, guides and directs you, and provides for your welfare as you make a habit of this you will discover that you will find yourself in your true place doing what you love to do, divinely happy and divinely blessed in countless ways. God is to you what you conceived him to be. He was born in Hell's Kitchen. One of the great surgeons I knew once told me that he was born in Hell's Kitchen, that his mother was a prostitute, that he was taught to steal when young, that he never knew his father, 
You might say that everything was against him or ask what chance he had. The answer is that he had the chance of a lifetime. One day a surgeon dressed his wound following a fight and he said that the man was so kind and good to him that he decided to become a surgeon himself. He related the following. I held a picture of myself dressed in white operating and I asked God to help me. Suddenly a change came over me. I could not steal anymore. I studied hard, won a scholarship, and one of the professors paid all my expenses in medical school, saying, you can pay me back by becoming a good doctor and a good surgeon. God had answered his prayer. You can bring about changes in cellular structure of cactus, corn, rice, and fruits, as scientists are doing from day to day in order to bring forth a more godlike man or woman. However, it does not depend on his or her body or structure of the brain. It depends entirely on stirring up the invisible, the intangible powers of God within. You do not mix in a mortar quality such as honesty, integrity, justice, joy, courage, faith, confidence, inspiration, love, and goodwill. You can't incorporate dreams, visions, and illumination in some mixture and say, now we will have a new man. In order to transcend, man will need peace. That inner peace will enable him to be at peace with the world. He will need love and goodwill to overcome the anger, trials, and tribulations of the world. He will need courage, faith, and confidence in the creative laws of his mind, causing him to serve the rest of mankind in a more wonderful way and bring peace to this changing world. Peace, harmony, joy, love, wisdom, and understanding are of God. You can't build these into a man or woman since they are already there only waiting to be released by the individual. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee. 2 Timothy 1.6 You can soar like a butterfly coming forth from a cocoon. Some years ago, I read where an attorney pleaded excuses for the vicious criminal acts of his client by stating that the man came from an impoverished family in squalid environment, that his father was a drunkard, that his mother followed the primrose path, the wise judge said to him, Don't give me that story. This man's brother brought up in the same area, under the same environmental conditions, is one of the, our most distinguished jurists in the state. The butterfly comes forth from the cocoon and develops wings, enabling it to fly and reveal its beauty and glory. Likewise, you can come forth from your house or prison of limitation or bondage and soar aloft with the wings of faith and imagination and so reveal your own glory. It is true that you inherited from your parents certain genetic tendencies which determine the color of your skin and eyes and your physical constitution. Your temperament and disposition are affected by the mental and emotional atmosphere of the home. Every child is subject to the early training, indoctrination, moods, feelings, and beliefs of the parents. However, when the child grows and becomes aware of the divine presence within, he can rise and transcend any handicap. Suddenly he becomes aware of his divine source. As he begins to contemplate the eternal verities, he is lifted up above the parental and environmental atmosphere and influence, both past and present. All habits can be changed. We may have been victims of false teaching, false theological beliefs about God, life, and the universe. But we can change the negative beliefs by making it a habit to regularly think constructively, harmoniously, and peacefully. Our subconscious is the seat of habit. 
but we should be aware that all habits can be changed. Our mental and emotional fears, superstitions, taboos, and strictures were undoubtedly transferred to us in our youth. You can transform your life now. During my tour of India, Nepal, Thailand, and other countries, I heard college graduates say to me, Oh, I may come back in another life as a tiger, lion, dog, or other animal if I don't behave in this life. They mentioned that their present status in life was based on their karma and that they were reaping what they had sown in a former life. They believed they were being punished for past wrongdoing. The many of them, karma was a cruel law which imposed punishment upon them, a sort of eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. All this is far from the truth, regardless of man's past, if met in the right way. Divine love dissolves everything unlike itself. God is the eternal now. Karma means the law of action and reaction. In the mind principle, there is no time or space. Any man can transform his life now by giving himself a divine transfusion of love, light, and truth. He wipes out the consequences of past errors through the cleansing of his subconscious mind. When we pollute or impress false beliefs in our subconscious mind, we suffer the consequences or we can eradicate them by scientific prayer, which is the practice of the presence of God. You are a belief expressed. Your subconscious assumptions, beliefs, and convictions dictate and control all your conscious actions. In other words, you are a belief expressed. Come to a decision now and realize you will no longer be subject to the false patterns of thought given to you when young, spirit, or God in you is the only presence, power, cause, and substance. Join up with your Heavenly Father and transform your life. Modern science knows that spirit and matter are incontrovertible and interchangeable, that matter is simply spirit slowed down to the point of visibility. It is wrong to say that you are conditioned by your environment, your home, your job, your business, your surroundings, as it is suggestive only, but if accepted by you, you will continue to repeat the same old patterns as your forebears and perhaps live the same old life based on creeds, dogma, and tradition. Externals are not creative. The creative power is in you. A scientific thinker does not make a created thing a cause. It is in effect. Knowing the location of the creative power and the primal cause, you will no longer attribute to any person, place, or situation the power of creation or generation. Your own thought is the only creative power of which you are aware. Do not deny what you affirm. Dormant and inherent within you are all the powers of the infinite. A wonderful prayer to practice is as follows. God is, and his holy presence flows through me as beauty, harmony, love, joy, wisdom, understanding, divine guidance, and abundance. I know it is just as easy for God to become all these things as it is a blade of grass, and I give thanks that it is so. Reiterate these truths three or four times, night and morning, making sure that you do not subsequently deny what you affirm, and you will find that you really are a son or daughter of the infinite and a child of eternity. All the powers of the infinite begin to move through you, which is called in the Bible the Christ in you, the hope of glory. Look always to your spiritual inheritance and never to your human parents or ancestors. You have power over your life and the means and capacity to transform your world. It is time for you to claim your kingship 
because you are a king over your entire conceptive realm. Remember, you could go into the jungles of some country and adopt a boy who is primitive and illiterate and then teach him the wisdom of God and have him practice right thought, right feeling, and right action, while all the time reminding him that he is the son of a king and heir to the throne. And the boy will believe you. He will play the role of a prince. He will develop a regal bearing and noble stance. Gradually he will become a king over his thoughts, words, deeds, actions, and reactions, and assume his sovereignty over his life. This happens because the Almighty King is within him. Otherwise, it could never happen. You are the Son of the Living God. Claim your inheritance now. The inner voice will say to such a person, Thou art my Son. This day have I begotten thee. Hebrews 1.5 The idea of karma comes from the East. The crimes, errors, mistakes, and heinous offenses of man can be expunged from the subconscious mind, banishing and freeing the person from the results or punishment naturally accruing to the impressions made in the subconscious. Perfunctory prayer or joining some church will not do this. Nothing superficial will suffice, but an intense desire and a real hunger and thirst on the part of the individual for a new birth in God, which alters fundamentally his character plus a constant saturation of his mind with eternal verities will wipe out the punishment or reaction from the subconscious. The action of the conscious mind and the reaction is that of the subconscious mind. Karma is not some dread sentence to be overcome or which has to be expiated. The idea of karma comes from the East, but in all sacred writings, including the Bhagavad Gita, you will find that if you return to the divine center and contemplate the truths of God, that is the end of the old state and the birth of the new. All adversity is redemptive and remedial through the practice of the presence of God. A changed attitude changes everything, no matter who you are or what you are, and regardless of any zodiacal sign under which you may have been born, you can call upon this spiritual presence and power which created the universe and which is omnipotent to guide, direct, and heal you. If you open your mind and heart to receive, it will answer you and restore your soul. However, if you believe that Saturn is working against you, then the infinite cannot work through you. Rely upon the spirit within. Then all things will become new, and all the obstacles and difficulties will melt and dissolve in the way as the light dispels the darkness. Surely there is no enchantment against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. According to this time it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel, What hath God wrought? Numbers 23.23 Jacob is man awakening to the truth of the divine presence within him. Israel means a man who believes and knows the sovereignty of the one spirit and the regency of his thought. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue. Exodus 11.7 And that concludes the world we see is the world we are. We all see a different world as he emphasizes at the beginning of this. You see a different world than I do. Each one of us has our own private world of thoughts and opinions and beliefs and experiences. Each of us are different. Each of the people in your family, even your closest friend, all see a different world. Don't compare yourself with others. When you're praying, you pray from that deep inner part of you 
And what you see in the outside, what you see in your mind, is what you will see in your world. You are a temple of the living God. And conditions, whatever conditions that you're in, they're not the reason for any imbalance or misfortune that you experience in your life. You can be born in the absolute worst country, in the worst situation, in the worst family. Don't use that as your crutch. Don't use that as your excuse. We all have traumas that we experience. Don't use those traumas to justify your misfortunes. You can overcome these things. You can understand that you are above all of that. And because you are tuned in to this infinite power, all things are possible. Within you is the Christ. Within you is this God presence. And if you move into this God presence, understanding the law of life, you can move into whatever it is that you want. You can change habits. You can overcome any situation that you're in. The primary idea behind this is forget about where you're at right now. Forget about your situation. No matter how harsh or terrible it seems, it doesn't have to be the reason that you have a terrible future. Just forget about it and see something else and see a world of hope, opportunity, and peace by entering into the true powerful presence that is within you. Don't deny what you affirm. Affirm, once again, that God is and His holy presence flows through me as beauty, harmony, love, joy, wisdom, understanding, divine guidance, and abundance. I know it is just as easy for God to become all these things as it is a blade of grass, and I give thanks that it is so. Continue to reiterate that truth, and don't deny your true power and that you are the son of the infinite or the daughter of the infinite. Don't attribute the stars or any other reasons or karma as to why you are failing. It is all within and you have all the power. You can find all episodes of The Reality Revolution at therealityrevolution.com and welcome to The Reality Revolution.